Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. And Coach Kaya. Boss ladies are vulnerable, authentic, love, hopeful, abundant, respected. Boss ladies are you. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Boss Lady listeners. Thank you for joining us for yet another Boss Lady Conversation from season two. (laughs) We are so excited. I'm your girl, Coach Kaya. I'm a boss wife, mompreneur, sister, writer, and certified transformational coach. I help people access their power by healing the trauma of their past, reigniting their dreams, all to manifest the miracles and dreams that truly matter. My IG handle is at I am Coach Kaya. Yes, boss lady listeners. I'm your girl, Monica L. I am a boss lady. Cleveland born, LA raised, on a journey of freedom and happiness as a self-published author, poet. Let's get it. My IG handle is at Monica L underscore writer. And I just want to shout out all of our friends. Oh my God, we appreciate you so much. More than words could ever, ever describe. So please make sure that you tell someone who will tell someone to join us in this movement because there is room for positive energy and growth. Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. and Coach Kaya. Yes, there's also room for your voice. This is your show just as much as as it's our show. We want you to share with us. Let us know, do you have some boss ladies that you like, man, she would be great on the show. People need to hear from her. If that boss lady is you, let us know this is your platform. We want you to understand that we are redefining what it means to be a boss lady, okay? It means a woman who practices self-care even when it's really hard. It's a woman who honors herself, who tries to get more rest, who recognizes her areas of growth, who never stops believing that her highest dreams are just around the corner and within reach. Okay, so if that's you, join us. We are moving with intention and we are all about providing you with healing, support, and motivation. Yes, Coach Kaya, you said that and put a bow on it. Our intention is always to give you a brave space to learn, grow, and contribute. Like we want you to walk away from Boss Lady Conversations feeling inspired, imaginative, hopeful, creative, abundant, and bossed up. You know, that's our favorite word. (laughs) To go after what matters in your life today. Yes, yes, and yes. Absolutely. Today's topic, how to boss up by supporting Black maternal health with Melanated Moms founder and CEO, Jatisha J. Madden-Wilson, definitely hits close to home. I became a mom in 2019, and let me tell you, I learned very quickly just how much I didn't know. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as referenced in their April 22 article called Working together to reduce Black maternal mortality, Black women are three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause than white women. Multiple factors contribute to these disparities, such as variation in quality healthcare, underlying chronic conditions, structural racism, and implicit bias. And let me say that I also rebuke all of that. And I believe that the work that Jay does with Melanated Moms is key to making lasting improvements for women of color domestically and globally. Jay is such a caring person. And I have had the pleasure 
and honor of witnessing firsthand how she and her team make sure that women of color feel heard and supported every step of the way. And I also wanna acknowledge the three sister friends in my life who all gave birth to beautiful, healthy baby girls within the last like two weeks. So amazing things are happening in maternal health and the more information we have, the better off we will all be. Yes, Coach Kaya, you hit on so many gems. I am so excited about today and congratulations to the boss ladies and the boss babies that are in this world. Yes, yes, we're gonna talk about the light in 2022. But those stats are very concerning for everyone, especially those who truly understand while supporting Black maternal health is so important. So thanks to our Boss Lady Conversation guest today, we will walk away understanding how we can support this important cause. And it's important on multiple levels, not just personally, but we need to think about it globally because we are women and women are creators. So yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so Jay Madden Wilson, LPN, is a multifaceted social entrepreneur. She is a community health nurse, dynamic public speaker, published author, thought-provoking leader, founder, president, and CEO of Melanated Moms. And in her professional career, Jay applies the power of advocacy through lobbying and on state and federal levels. As a community health advocate for marginalized communities, gaining a strong understanding of the importance of advocacy, Jay applies these principles to growing the community of Melanated Moms. And all of these titles and accolades, the proudest title she holds is Mother. She is a mother to two brilliant girls who motivate her to continue to change the world every day. That desire continues to serve as the organization's foundation and legacy. Let's give a warm Boss Lady Conversations welcome to Jatisha J. Madden Wilson. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yes, yes. Thank we you. are so happy to have you here with us today, Jay. I'm excited. I, I, I'm always excited for these things. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> We're excited to have you on Boss Lady Conversations. Thank you so much for your time and everything that you are doing to educate Absolutely. and support women of color. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate you even seeing me. So thank you again. Yes, that's a blessing. <laughs> so tell us, how would you describe your journey as a Boss Lady mom? Oh, wow. My journey, it was accidental. <laughs> definitely was very it usually is right <laughs> yeah I feel like I kind of fell into this space my initial journey into motherhood was very planned ironically but the hurdles and a lot of the areas that I didn't expect to have so much trauma or just misunderstanding really fueled a different side of me with having my kids I went through very traumatic pregnancies and birthing experiences um, I'm a four-time survivor of preeclampsia, and I lost two children prior to having my first live birth. And I didn't understand in the moment that these would be pieces of the things that would be the catalyst to me starting my organization. I just thought that these were circumstances that happened to me, right? So with going through those things and moving into new spaces of learning how to 
cope with those traumatic experiences while, you know, still going into saying, I still want to be a mom. I still want to do this. I still want to, you know, have this part of my life satisfied and thank God having two successful births. I didn't know like how much gravity would shift to become a mom, right? We're always taught, you know, this is how you are as a young lady. This is what you're going to do as a woman. But no one ever really prepares you for what motherhood actually does to you, right? It's just like, when you become a mother, now you are responsible for another human being, which is true, right? But all of the other pieces of how motherhood changes you physically, mentally, emotionally, how you relate to the rest of the world because of your experiences with motherhood. I never expected all of those feelings to like flood into who I am. So when I moved into, I guess, bosshood, right? I didn't realize it was a thing. I just, I just thought I was just a mom telling my story. I thought I was just someone who was just looking for community connections with other moms and other women who have had like-minded experiences. And it wasn't until those same women that I just wanted to have community with actually told me like, you're actually starting a movement. This is something way bigger than we're just hanging out with the kids at a park. Like you're giving us a safe space to talk and you're actually giving us resources for us to look into other things. You're making it a cool thing to ask for help and to have support that isn't just you know, our narrow, you know, narrow limitations of just our family or just a few key friends, right? We're opening up a new avenue of what support looks like and how it can actually look like you, but doesn't have to be related to you or doesn't have to have that condemnation of no new friends. Like, I, I don't believe in that at all. Like, yes, I need new friends because I need to have new experiences and I need to know how else I can grow. If I only surround myself with the people that I've known my entire life, we wouldn't even be able to have this type of conversation, right? So I say all that because I think it's important when you're moving into a space of leadership and becoming a boss, being a boss isn't just about like, I started something or I, I pay myself or I make all this money. It's knowing how to be in that space and standing in the front of that line, even when it's hard. And knowing that you can, what you're doing is also motivating other people to take that same leap of faith, but they're looking at you as that person that's going to inspire them to say that they have the hope um, to actually become as successful in it as you have, or as you're going to continue to be. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, Jay. I mean, you just <laughs> dropping gems and gems. I'm like, well, that concludes our show. No, <laughs> No, you spoke on so much. And I like what I heard was just vulnerability and being open. You know, I think sometimes we're so taught that you go through stuff in life and you just hold it in. Like, you know, we're taught, you know, you got that S on your back and you got the cape on and you just go through and you just deal with it and you don't talk to anyone. And, you know, and then you feel isolated and then you don't know how to process because you're not sharing And you've had a lot of life experiences, you know, but you kept going and you kept being that light and being the resource to others. So I like how you basically, you know, took life experiences and seasons and you shared it with others and started that movement. So would you say that definitely when you were speaking to your friends and they said, no, all these resources, that was the turning point where you formed your organization? 
it started because okay. in the moment I didn't think that it was a business. I didn't think that it was something that I can actually monetize. Um, and I also felt kind of bad being like, I'm about to take your money to like, listen to me. But I realized, Hey, there are a thousand businesses out there that are literally just resource centers, right? Shout out to Google. <laughs> like they, they don't do things, but they are one of the biggest resources that we all depend on and they are billionaires. Right. So I shouldn't feel bad in that, but also like knowing how, like you said, like it's, it's a vulnerable space to even ask for help, but really valuing the time that it takes to find those resources. You know, it does take time and it it is a cost to it. Right. Even just before this call, I'm, I started a case management program and doing things with our young, young women and um, other moms from all over the place. And we're looking at how do we give them the support that they need and looking at other cost centers that helps to pass on the resource, even when they don't have the financial backing to it. Right. So I know that there are a bunch of things that we're going to do that is going to generate revenue and, and continues to, to help us thrive. But there are also going to be people who can't meet those needs. But I don't want to feel that I'm going to exclude them, you know, because we may be the only resource that they have. And the the only voice that they had to, or not voice, but the only, we may be the only resource that they actually do have access to, to give them hope that there's something else for them, if that makes sense. Because I've talked to so many young ladies who are just like, I didn't even know I can ask these questions, or I thought that what I grew up with or what people told me is that's it. There was no other options, you know, and even if we get to the same you know, the same issue, because sometimes barriers exist and they, it's very hard to get through them. It at least gave them motivation to say like, we, we at least try to find another solution. And that's really all that we, we keep trying to do. You know, it's moving beyond, you know, the fearful part of what if, how, how can we do this? If I don't know what the plan is, it's taking it step by step and making the plan as you keep going, you know, and that is a boss move, you know, I'm out here with no parachute and I'm like, I'm gonna figure it out. (laughs) I'm gonna figure it out. And I want to teach other moms and women how to do the same thing. No. And you are doing that. You know, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. I wanted to know, how did you come up with the name Melanated Moms and even the logo? You can tell that there's so much thought and intention put into every part of your organization. It is. It is. Well, first of all, I'm a neurotic Virgo. So I literally don't do anything without having like 10,000 ideas behind why I did it, right? But truthfully, it, it it is very intentional. So the name Melanated Moms, you know, very, to me, it's it makes sense. Obviously, like we're melanated people, right? So that was my motivation for the name, but I wanted it to be inclusive. So when I'm saying melanated, I'm not only referring to Black women, I'm referring to women of all races and how our melanin shows up before anything else, right? So we've been able to engage with women who are Middle Eastern, who are from all of these other countries where people don't even know melanated people exist, right? Like I'll give you one really funny thing. We went to this this conference in California, this breastfeeding conference, and we found out that California has like a 30% Asian rate, like their demographic. It's like 30% of the people that live there are from some parts of Asia. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a pretty cool thing to know. You know, I didn't really know that. And then they actually, 
I'm like a data person and like I love maps. They brought brought out this map and they were like, Asia is actually separated into three different regions. So it's like, I forgot what the first one was, but it's like Asia, Polynesia or like Polynesia and then Melanesia. So it was like, wait, what? They're like, oh yeah. And within that particular region is actually Australia. It's all these other like little groups of small islands that all categorize this specific group of people that identify as being, I guess, a descendant of being Asian, but they have, you know, different distinctions that you might categorize them as something else, you know, for lack of a better word, right? So if you see a Black person, you might look at their nose, you might see their eyes, we have big lips, like different features, right? It's the same thing when you're looking at Melanesia, right? So it's like, wow, this is, crazy I never even expected to learn that I was just like oh okay yeah like it's just an, you know it's another form of a minority but when I learned that I was like oh we gotta go to Melanesia I don't even know what's there but we have to go there now because it's it's in the name right so right, right. it's stuff like that that like makes it stand out to me and then just to answer the question about our logo it, it actually is very intentional so when we created the logo shout out to Angelica she made this dope logo for us five years ago and I told her I wanted it to be something that incorporated the legacy of what I want to build so you know the woman obviously is myself and I'm holding my two children but then I have like a little butterfly in my hand and that actually represents my grandmother and she passed on in 2014 but she always loved the color purple and she always would talk to me about life is transformational and all of the things that we're going to do, you're just going to go through these different evolutions of who you are. And nothing in my life, I feel like, represents transformation or evolution better than a butterfly. And I didn't even realize it until after all this, but uh, after the logo was made. But, like, that was actually one of my grandmother's favorite little animals. Like, just thinking about it in the moment, I'm like, well, maybe she gave me that thought. Or maybe that was something that, you know what I'm saying, that she blessed me with. But I wanted to make sure that this logo represented all of these different stages of who I am and who my children are going to be because this is what I'm building it for I'm not building it just for me I'm building it so that my kids can also say we're a part of the legacy of why melanated moms exist like my little one she's (laughs) she's 10 (laughs) she'll be like you wouldn't have melanated moms if you didn't have your melanated kid she she's serious she's serious she'll tell anybody who got ears I'm the marketer for Melanated Moms. I'm going into marketing when I go to school. This is what I'm doing. I'm a part of the entire growth and strategic plan. She's 10. The child is 10. You know, so (laughs) I'm seeing how, like, how proud she is to be a part of this growth. And she sees it at 10 years old. I'm like, yo, at 10, I was playing with Barbie dolls. You are sitting here talking about a strategic plan. Girl, you know, that's crazy. She is a boss lady in the making. And I love that. She's like, yes, my legacy. Yes, our company. She knows her value and worth. She did it. So that means you're doing an amazing job as a mom. <laughs> yes. And, and I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's for all women. Because obviously mm-hmm. all women experience childbirth. And Coach Kaya shared the stats with us. You know, it's just that how it adversely impacts us yeah. women of color. So with that, what are some things you wish women knew about maternal health before, while, and even after becoming pregnant? Yeah, the most valuable thing 
that I think is really missing is having these conversations with your family and learning your family history. Like I said, I've, you know, I'm a four-time survivor of preeclampsia and not knowing the history of it within my own family really could have been something that could have saved one of my children's lives, right? So not having that piece of information served as literally a life or death situation. And I don't think that my family was withholding information intentionally. I think you don't know what you don't know. I think you also have to be very aware of um, the literal language that people are using in order to give you the right answers, right? So a lot of people in Black culture, like, you don't call diabetes diabetes, it's the sugar, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but if, if I'm asking my family, like, hey, has anyone ever had preeclampsia before? They're like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds pretty bad. But once you explain to them, have you had high blood pressure? Did you have um, swelling in your feet? Did you have, was your urine foamy when you would pee? Did you have any issues with headaches or dizziness or anything like like this, you know, when you were pregnant? Um, did you, did, did anyone in our family have any losses? Like any of those like key indicators that will trigger that thought or will bring out that information that could have been critical. So like, I, I, I highly encourage people to start those conversations and keep them going. So don't do it just when you find out you're pregnant, start the conversation early, right? My kids know my story. Like we've talked about it. So they understand the gravity of them being there, you know? So I'm like, I prayed to, to make it through because I really wanted to be a mom, but y'all weren't the first, <laughs> you know, and, and not to scare them, but to really prepare them. I had no idea what I was going through and I didn't know who to turn to, to ask the questions that I needed to, to have the, the better understanding about what pregnancy really was doing to myself and my body. And I, even as a nurse, once I became a nurse, I wasn't an L&D nurse. So asking very like obstetric related questions, it just wasn't within the, the scope of the work that I was doing. I was working in pediatrics, right? So I'm doing, I'm dealing with people after they've had children, I'm dealing with their kids. So that would be my biggest piece of information. Like have the conversation, talk to your grandmother, talk to your mom, talk to your aunties, talk to your uncles, you know, find out family history of cancer, find out family history of reproductive issues. I found out 15 women in my family has some type of reproductive issue or cancer. And that's a lot of history of no one saying anything and like encouraging people to stop the silence, you know, like it's a lot of, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't want to let's pray it away. I'm a full, full fledged believer in the Lord. And I know that he makes things happen every single day, but he has never encouraged anybody to be quiet. He mm. even asks you, make sure if you, if you're a, if you're a follower of me, you tell the world. He will right. say, oh, well, just keep it on the inside. Like, right. understand how that relates to every part of your life. Like, you need to express that so that you can get the help that you need, you know, and be able to make a, a more sound and informed decision on whatever is going on so that you can, you know, not be a part of, you know, the, the unfortunate part of these statistics, right? It wasn't even until I started doing this work that I knew that I was a part of a statistic, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I just want to survive. And, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and also knowing like survival should not be your barometer of, I had a great experience. You're supposed to survive, you know, like you're literally supposed to, we are in 2022. We are not delivering in the backwoods. We're not delivering you know, in a cave somewhere. We are delivering in safe spaces or, you know, 
perceived to be safe spaces. Just want to make sure to put that out there. And we have to be very vigilant with where we are and who we are entrusting with our care um, to getting us to get a to get us, sorry, from womanhood to, to motherhood. But if we're not in a space that we can trust or we're dealing with systems that are holding these statistics, this these aren't statistics that just existed the last five years. This is 50 years, 100 years of data. Preeclampsia has been a diagnosis since 1870. My goodness. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, these aren't things that are brand new. These are just things brand new to us in terms of, like, the terminology. But it's brand new to these other systems in terms of acknowledgement. Because they've known these things for years. They've had data, you know. I've, I've said to people many times, you know. I'm so tired of seeing us die in real life, but only live as a statistic. Why do you only have records of me if I die? Talk, talk about me while I live, you know, give me the opportunity to be a part of my child's legacy here in, in, in the existing, you know, in the present moment. You know, I don't want my kids to be like, my mom was, I want them to be like, my mom is this, you know? Hello. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this, this need, this needed to be said, everything you're saying, people need to hear. Uh, we don't love to talk about it. We're, we're constantly, I don't want to tell my business. I survived and that's it. But what you're saying is so powerful about us sharing our stories that brings in the community that we are one, that if something happened to this person in your family, that's information that you can utilize and that can possibly save your life or the life of your children. Mm-hmm. So this is a very important. And I think you really highlighted the question I'm going to ask you already. Why should black maternal health matter to everyone? Even the people that don't desire to be moms in this life. Yeah, because that's literally what is going to create our next generation. Even if you choose, if you do not choose motherhood as your own path, being equipped with the information is just as powerful as utilizing it for your own personal gain, right? So I like to tell people, you find resources and then you become a resource, right? So find a resource, be a resource. There are going to be things that I will never experience, but it doesn't mean that it's not still useful or still necessary information for me to have. For example, I recently connected with this super dope lady who is um, training doulas to care for pregnant women in a lot of marginalized spaces that a lot of people don't think about, including prison, right? So we have women who are going to jail who are pregnant, first, second, and third trimester, right? They don't care about any of that stuff. They're just like, well, you're a prisoner. But these women are giving birth in shackles. These women are giving birth sometimes in their cell, you know, and they're being in inhumane spaces, but they need to have someone who's going to be their advocate, who understands where they are, who doesn't judge them for their crimes or their the consequences of their actions, right? Who only is there to make sure that they are able to transition their baby earthside, right? So having that, having that amount of knowledge and know-how and like just sheer like courageousness is incredibly important pieces of information to have you know I know plenty of women who have been on both sides of a prison even in my own family and I know how critical it was and it it will always be to have somebody that is 
is able to see you and able to like really be a part of your experience and, and making sure it is an experience for you instead of just a procedure. So, right. you know, yeah. you got to have that. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. I just think so many times when you're not exposed to things, you never think about that. I never yeah. thought about a woman being in prison and would have to be under those types of conditions. In my mind, yeah. you know, they would send her to a hospital. And so thank you for sharing that. And like I, what I heard, just having more compassion. Yeah. Because we know our, someone said to me, and it, it, it hurts me to even repeat it. It was, it says basically like, a Black woman going to the doctor could almost be equated to a Black man having an interaction with the police. And that is so sad, you know, when it comes mm -hmm. to our health. Because it's like you already have to go in knowing so much and not just yep. be reliant on the healthcare professional to see and know everything. It's like you got to do your own research. You got to be your WebMD. <laughs> you know what you I mean? Do. And then you have to have the confidence to go in there and ask these questions because so many people can be intimidated by people with letters behind their name or think they mm -hmm. don't have the language, you know, and it's about you and you know how you feel, you know, and how they get into our level of tolerance. But we won't even go into that when it comes to pain relief and things of that nature. But on a happier uptake, <laughs> we know that, you know, recently you celebrated uh, Black Maternal Health Week and yes. it was recognized each year, April the 11th through the 17th to bring, you know, attention and awareness when it comes to improving Black maternal health. So what are some of the activities you promoted year round, but especially during this time of year? Oh my goodness, <laughs> everything. So okay. conversations like this from, we actually started early from April 3rd, April 3rd until the 15th, we had a speaking engagement almost every single day, literally almost every single day. So we have so many amazing partners who are doing the work and who are creating all these wonderful collaborative spaces and they all look like us that just makes it feel even more invigorating to be in it but we have spaces in colleges and universities Tufts University in Boston actually has what's called the mother lab it's the largest maternal health focused clinical lab in an academic space and doctor in I gotta say her name right in Didi Amaka AO I'm, I'm not even going to attempt her last name it's hyphenated um, but she is phenomenal and she has been tirelessly creating the mother lab to be a comprehensive space where people can combine their information and expertise around maternal health and public health and just it's awesome. So um, I was a part of um, one of her um, community discussions um, to really kick off her conference, which was on April 8th, April 9th of that entire weekend. We were actually, we went to Albany, New York for um, the legislative conference for the New York State Black, African, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, and Asian legislative conference. I got all of the letters. It was literally like 17 letters. It was like, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so, we, so we got to go to this conference where um, the biggest topic of discussion was what does maternal health look like? And we actually spoke on the um, birth equity panel with some amazing powerhouse women who are doing the same work. Chanel Portia Albert from Ancient Song Doula Services, Kimberly Seals Ehlers. I love Kimberly. She actually created an app called Earth. 
I-R-T-H, where she's actually collecting data from the living to talk about their, their experiences in birthing spaces. So any woman who has given birth, I think it's in the last two years, they are able to leave their reviews about their birthing experiences, about their medical providers, about their doulas, their midwives, whoever was a part of their birthing team, and really talk about the good and the bad. And then she's presenting that to these healthcare facilities to say, here's the quality assurance, right? Here's, here's the receipts of, we don't know where, why we got this rating from people of color. Here it is with signed, sealed, and delivered from them. Here's the actual data. So, you know, being on a panel with these two women and seeing how revolutionary their work has become from their own lived experiences as well, right? So I'm like, wow, I'm sitting next to these women and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them and we're looking at each other like, okay, well, what else are we doing, sis? Let's, let's go, you know? And then, you know, for, for Melanated Moms, we did a full week IG live Instagram lives so if you go out go to our um, Instagram you'll see every single day we had episodes where we talked to different panelists about how stigma showed up in their own birthing experiences and that was one of the tools that activated them as activists in their own spaces so it was a pretty busy week we also did some virtual hill visits in Washington DC it was a lot, child. It was a <laughs> lot. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. We wrapped it up with, with our own conference. It was a lot. But Black Maternal Health Week is so, so important to us. And even though we do that huge concentration during that week, the work never stops. It will continuously keep going. And we've seen how much it has created such immeasurable changes, not just here, but like in all of these different states and other countries um, where our moms are. So it's, it's been, it's been super dope, you know. Thank you, Jay. I mean, that's amazing. Sound like it's going to be a month pretty soon. And then it'll be 365 days a year. And that's the yeah. way it should be. I mean, yeah. we all had a mom to get here. So let's mm-hmm. honor, let's respect and let's do better. You know, knowledge is power. So thank you yes. so much for everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Jay, this is a big question. So how do you navigate being a woman of color, a mom, an entrepreneur, the disappointments of doing this work? Because unfortunately, you can't save everyone. And I know you've yeah. heard some really sad and horrific stories. How do you do all of that while still honoring your sense of self as Jay? It's funny. I'm gonna give you a quote. Every time I say it, she laughs at me. Um, I don't know when I had time for this, but I think it was last year, two years ago, I did a yoga teacher training. So I'm a yogi. And during my uh, training, my instructor, I asked, I was like, how do you create balance with all of this? Because for me, I wanted to be a yogi so I can slow down because I do all of the things with all of the people all of the time. So, you know, yoga was that one thing that gave me grounding and like slowed me down. And she was like, there's no such thing as balance. It's just harmony. She's like, you have to know how to find harmony in everything that you're doing. Because there are things that you literally just cannot put down. If you put it down, it will no longer exist. So like, I listen to that. I hear her in my head all the time saying, there is no balance. There's only harmony. How do you make this a harmonious situation? You know, and that actually keeps me way more level-headed than just like, just keep going until you fall out. Just keep going. Just keep going. You know, I know I can never put down being a mom. I can never put down being a black woman, that doesn't stop. Like that's where I'm at, right? That's who I am. (laughs) That will never, ever stop. Right. But I can say 
I need to take a break from doing this work because I need to take care of myself. I'm no good to anybody if I'm not physically well, if I'm not mentally capable to take on this large responsibility, right? Because I do, like you said, there are a lot of people that really do depend on what we do. It can be like so critical and I've seen it happen multiple times. I've stepped in in spaces where I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here because this is way, you know, this is this is not during work hours. This is not, dur- this is a different level of commitment, you know? But I think that's also the difference with being an entrepreneur and being the owner, the, the, the business in itself, you know? You can't just say, well, I only work during these hours or I only make an impact between nine to five. There are moms that's gonna call me at 10 o'clock at night that's had DV situations and we have to navigate how to get her to a safe space. I'm not gonna tell her, girl, I'm asleep. You know, I have to take that in, help her find what she needs and then do my grounding, right? Like, whoo, girl, that was a lot. Called the people, you did this, you did that. Sis, you did a good job, now rest, you know? And then expressing that, you know? So saying it out loud and expressing gratitude and being able to have the ability to do that but also expressing it to the people who care about me and letting them know, hey, I'm still here, but I've had a couple of, you know, heavy moments. I need a breath. You know, I need a moment. You know, people that follow me on Facebook, like sometimes I'll put up there, hey, guys, I'm going to disconnect for a couple of days. Nothing's wrong. I just need some self-care, you know, and I don't feel bad in it, you know, but it's knowing that that is a part of me maintaining um, the harmony that I need in my life so that this work doesn't consume me but it also still excites me to do it. You know, I'm not excited to have to, you know, answer a DV situation, but I am excited to say I was able to make a difference in that young lady's life so that she knows that she's not alone, you know, and that to me is that makes it worth it, you know, but I have to know how to give what I can, but also how to keep what I need so that I maintain that sanity. Does that make sense? Did I answer the question? Oh, yeah. No, you answered it. <laughs> Not only did you answer, you nailed it. Yes. <laughs> you, you clearly understand your, your divine assignment. So, yes. 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 I do what I can. I do what no, I can. You, you are amazing. And I like the way that you said it's harmony because it's all connected. You know, mm-hmm. everything that you're doing is connected. It's a part of you. You are a mom. You're mm-hmm. a healthcare professional you are pouring into others. So it's all connected. It's yeah. not like you saying, I'm a gold driver, a tractor truck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all connected and you do care, but more importantly, you say it. I think a lot of times in Coach Kai and I had an episode, like how we do all these things, but we never say it, you know, mm-hmm. how we just keep going and like recognize, recognize what you have done and that it's okay to take a minute, to take a pause, to just be, because you are doing so much in yeah. every minute of your life, in every facet. And like yeah. you say, going for your divine goals and dreams. So tell us more about Melanated Moms and how it's grown over the years and even global. Like, you know, and I love the smile that it brings to you <laughs> and the joy. Because <laughs> I, I love it. It drives me crazy, but I love it. Like, it, I feel like it's it's an extension of my personality and so many people that I was just talking to my, my business partner about this. I'm like, you know, this really started from just me, like just wanting some mommy friends and wanting to have like connections with new people, you know, and bringing my kids. I'm like, I don't have a babysitter. So y'all come in too. We all about to go. <laughs> so, you know, Melanated Moms, it started from 
that same thing. But I went through a divorce. And with my divorce, I just went into that survival mode of like, just get in routine, just make sure you do this. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. And I didn't realize in the moment of me doing all that stuff that I was just surviving. I, I was not able to like see anything beyond the tunnel vision. And while I was being successful in what job I had and like my kids were alive and my rent is paid, like I wasn't able to enjoy anything. My health was not well. I just didn't have any outlet. And it actually wasn't until my oldest daughter, she had a really tough time with divorce um, between my ex-husband and I, and it was recommended to find some, a child therapist. So I took her to therapy. I was like, I believe in therapy. Look, I'm honey. I, I know, I know, you know, I, yes, let's, let's find her a therapist. And we found this amazing therapist, beautiful black woman. And she was like, I see you come in here all the time. And I appreciate it. You be on time. You're doing all this. I was just like, but who's taking care of you? And it like, that was the face I had. And like, <laughs> at first I was like offended, like, what? What do you mean? You know? And I didn't realize that my offense was me feeling like she could see my vulnerability. And it, it, it like made me take a step back and I'm like, I'm fine. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. She was like, okay. But you know, in case you feel that you're not, here's my number, you know, how about you come in? You can still bring the girls. They'll, you know, they'll sit in the waiting room, but let us talk because I, I think you just need to be able to get whatever's in your head right now. Just kind of get it out. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, all right, well, I'll see what I can do. You know, my schedule's so busy and this, 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 you know. So fast forward, I talked to her and we had this really great conversation. I think I've talked for like two hours or something. I was like, I'm so sorry. I feel me. Like, I'm sorry. And she was like, you know, I think you needed to get that out. But you also, you have so much to say and you have so many things and so many goals. You should look for some type of support group or some type of thing that you can kind of let your hair down. But like, you know, meet other people that are kind of like you that have like all of these little quirky things about you, about themselves. So I'm like, all right. So I started looking for these different types of groups. You know, I love a recommendation. So I'm looking on meetup and I was going to different like mommy groups, but they were not hitting the things. They just weren't answering whatever it, what that call was. Right. So I'm going to this mommy group. I'm the only black mom there. I'm going to this mommy group. These is like, you know, rich creme, creme de la creme ladies. I'm like, I ain't there yet, sis. So it's like all of these other bits and pieces of I'm not her. I'm not her. Who am I? How do I define myself? How do I define myself within my motherhood? How do I define myself outside of my motherhood? So because I couldn't find it in other places, I've made it. I just made it myself. And I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And our first meetup, I think we had 11 moms. And they were just like, this just looked like a fun thing to do with some other moms and you said we could bring the kids so we here I'm like bet you know (laughs) so you know we started just having fun like social events like that we'll go to the park or we'll go to the museum or trampoline park and just let the kids play and just talk to other moms and as that kept going I would ask them you know I appreciate you coming back and you know this is great but like what makes you come back and like when you tell people about oh, I'm a part of Melanated Moms, or I'm going to a Melanated Moms group, like, what do you say? Or how do you describe it to other people? And it just, they gave me a very interesting answer that I wasn't expecting, which was, 
you advocate for the things that moms feel like they can never talk about. You give us a safe space for us to be seen and not feel like we're judged. This is a great space. Like you're an advocacy network. I'm like, I am? Oh, okay. I thought I was just a mommy meetup group. They're like, yeah, no, 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 no. That's the bonus. Like you're just fun to hang around. Like you're funny. You do all these things. Like you bring the kids. You're like, everybody gonna do this. You bring food. Like I'm like, I'm an old Southern Baptist grandmother in the kitchen. So I'm like, anybody want macaroni and cheese? Who wants some greens? Like I do all of that stuff. So they're like, you, that part is the bonus. But the stuff that you actually do, like you, you take your time to be very meticulous with, you want us to learn something. You want us to leave with a piece, what community really means. And me doing that, it was just out of the need of like, I don't want anyone to feel like they just left their house for the last two hours with the kids and didn't have anything to do. Like, okay, I met with this lady and nothing happened. So I'm like, all right, plan it. But that's it. Like it just, it started from that idea. And once I started to ask moms about their birthing experiences and like, what was it like to birth and share my own experience and then finding out about the Black maternal health crisis. I didn't even know that was a thing until 2018. And I'm like, I had my first baby 10 years before that. And I had no idea that this was a whole movement. So once that happened and I started reading, I started watching videos, I started really becoming immersed in this work. I was like, oh, I got to do something about this. I have to be a part of how do you solve it? You know, I need to find the answer. And I'm very proud of the progression that we've had. So this is year five for us. And in these five years, we've connected with the governor. We've been a part of writing the strategic plan for the state of New Jersey. We've connected and been a part of the Black Maternal Health Caucus out of um, Washington, D.C., the Momnibus, which is this huge package of legislation. We've been a part of all of these things. And it, it freaks me out because I'm like, this all just started because I just wanted to talk to other moms. That's it. I just wanted to have a conversation and make sure that I didn't have to pay a babysitter at the same time to talk to somebody else. And we don't realize how critical it is to just have that, that human connection. Yeah, so it, it started from there. And, and like every day I wake up, I'm just like, let's see what happens now. let's just let's just do it and let's just you know let's go with it and I'm I'm just I'm so grateful that God has given me this space to continue to occupy and to continue to show up every day you know and people are paying me for it so I'm like oh that's another bonus another bonus yes (laughs) Jay it's, it's so beautiful what you said because I remember when I was a a new mom my son was maybe two months old I really felt lonely and wanting that motherhood family, like, you know, in my mind, it was just going to be there. And Mm -hmm. it just wasn't. And I remember, I think I went online on Facebook, and I found this group. And they were like, Oh, we, you know, we give new moms, you know, a package, and we invite you here and there. And those people never even checked their messages, Mm. never heard from them, anything like that. And so I think it's just what you're saying is real. You know, I can, I can attest to it personally because you really do want that support and you don't even know that you want that support until you're there. And maybe I should have planned for this part of motherhood as well, but you just don't know because you're so busy trying to make sure that you are bringing your child into the world in the most healthiest way possible and that you are also surviving and thriving through that experience yeah 
it's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. I'm going to tell you a funny story really quick. So just recently, one of the moms I met years ago, I don't even know how we end up getting connected. She came to something, but <laughs> we got connected years ago and she's always been following the stuff that we've done. She's had several children and we, we ever so often, you know, I'll just get a text from her. Hey, Jay, just want you to know I'm thinking about you. I'm like, hey, girl, hey, you know, we'll have a quick talk. I'm like, OK, you know, let me know when you want to get together. You know, obviously bring the kids. Well, she's like, all right. And one day she was like, I, I put it on my calendar. I was like, I just got to meet with Jay. Let's have lunch. Let's talk. I said, OK. So we meet up. She brings, I think, two. She has three children. She brought, I think, two of the three babies. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I, I haven't seen you since you had one baby. And we had this, you know, this really amazing lunch and talk. And she was like, you know, it's been so many years that have gone by and I've been watching as you've grown and all of the things that you've been doing. And I've just been like, how do I get involved? How do I make time for this? She makes time for every single person that she touches. I want to make time to be a part of what you're doing. She's like, you tell me, how can I? How can I be of service to you? How can I be a part of what you're doing? Because I'm a melanated mom. And I just like sat there and I was like, <laughs> you're doing it. Like, you know, like, I just, I just want you to, to, to feel that this is your community. She's like, it is, but I want to be an active person. In the, what do I got to do? You know? So we talked and like, she's been doing so many amazing, cool things. And just recently she, she got married and she invited me and my, my business partner to the wedding so I was like oh my god we're going to go to a melanated mom's wedding right so we go to the wedding and there was another another mom that we know from melanated moms that was there and we all you know you take your group pictures and stuff mm -hmm. and we took a picture the four of us and in the picture the other mom she goes I never would have met this bride if it wasn't for melanated mom. <laughs> Sorry. wow and I think about that because I know how much those relationships really mean to people and like we're in this lady's wedding and we're having a blast and we're dancing and it's the like that was like the best wedding ever I was like look you gotta get married again <laughs> next year like let's do this every single year <laughs> yeah. for your anniversary we have to do this again right but like to think about like for her it, it could have just been just a random post right like it was just a nice thing to say but like like yo you did this, like you really cultivated a lifelong relationship with two women who may have never, ever met in their never. life. And you've created something that's so important. And she's like, I want you to be a part of my wedding. I want you to be a part of something that's changing my life. And it's because I'm a mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, oh, feel it. Oh, you go. I want you to feel the gravity of like oh, what God has given you. And all you had to do was say yes. That's it. That's and every it. day you say yes. That's it. We love it. We love it. <laughs> we welcome tears. Tears are not foreign to Boss Lady Conversations. <laughs> all right. Well, you're welcome. You're there. It's all a part of the process. Yeah. And it's the love. And that's all I've been hearing is that you've been giving love, love, and love. Love yeah. and empowerment to your daughters, to the community, to everyone, and bringing people together and something meaningful, you know? And yeah. we don't know how God is moving us. Like you said, you were called, you just want to have some mommy friends and you have a conversation and mm -hmm. now you, you, you know, have a policy, you know? Right. Now you out here changing legislation. <laughs> right. <Sure>. <laughs> like <laughs> even though, like knowing what legislation, like there is mom related legislation. I'm like, who is listening to me? Um, oh my God. Everybody. But it, 
but I'm not alone. Like all of this stuff that I'm doing, it's, it's, I'm so grateful for it to be able to be here, but I'm like, yo, there's been people that's been fighting this for 50 years and never got their flowers. Never. I've been doing this five years and I'm in this space and I'm so grateful to those other moms, those other people who are like, I'm going to do this regardless if you recognize me or not. I'm going to do this until I'm back into the, you know, until I leave this earth because it's important to keep these things in everyone's mouths, you know? So I'm like, I'm, I could never lose my energy for this. You know, my battery is always going to be on full because I know how important it is to have that voice and to have that significance of being heard and being seen. And one of the most vulnerable times in your entire life, that's one of the things like, you can necess- you can technically deliver by yourself, but you, you will never be alone in that. Like that is the hardest thing you will ever have to go through. Bringing a person like, you know, like a cell turned into a human being and you carried that like that's could you imagine that? Like that's that's it's in fabulous. Yes, it's just like that's yeah. how I know God is real. Because I'm like, yo, he turned a seed of <laughs> a microorganism into a human being and let it grow within me. Like now, that's how you boss up. Like that is right. Oh my, that's pure magic. Yeah. Like there is nothing else that can. What can top that? What can top nah, being nah, a nah. woman? What can top being able to birth a human being? You know, but it is a it's a vulnerable space. You know, and it's it's something that a lot of people don't really understand the gravity of. You know, and they take it for granted how important moms really are and how important having support to birth and having it afterwards you know having that support the the fourth trimester is critical and it never ends right when you have a kid my kids are 10 and 13 and I'm still I am still postpartum (laughs) I'm still postpartum and I'm like oh my god what am I going to do now I have a teenager and she has all these things like you you go through these cycles together you know and to me it's just it's a continuing thing because when my kid, my kids get to that point of saying like, I'm ready to start my journey of motherhood. I don't want them to have those same questions. I don't want them to have, you know, that hesitation or even worse, be ignored with the questions that they have. I want them to know like the sound of your voice, it moves mountains, you know, they, and they know, they'll tell you, oh, my mama don't play. Like they know, <laughs> they know. They're like, oh, don't make me call my mama. She don't play. She, I will walk, run, jump, fly <laughs> drive whatever it is I need to do to get to the kids you know um and we're, we're teaching them that with creating this space you know and I want other moms to do that with their children you know and we've seen it happen you know it's it's I'm just so glad to be here like you don't even know I'm like there's no job that can ever take the place of what this work does just can't Absolutely. and that's yeah. how you know that you're exactly where you're designed to be yeah, yeah. Thank are there you. any um, other tips? I know you've given us a lot of tips, but are any <laughs> other tips that you want to share with families of color who are like getting ready to embark on parenthood for the first time or even expand their families? Uh, shameless plug, join Melanated Moms. <laughs> but really, don't be afraid to ask questions. You don't know what you don't know, but you do know how to ask a question and to get you to get you closer to what you need to know. Also, like make mommy friends, understand what it means to go through that evolution of parenthood, you know, or to parenthood rather. Know it early, 
you know, have those conversations even before you're saying, all right, I want to have a baby, you know, equip yourself with the knowledge, just like going to college, right? Every level of expertise, everything that we want to get um, more skills and, and have more recognition to be able to do, you know, you have to perfect your craft. Let's change what it means to prepare for, for motherhood, for, for parenthood, you know, and it's not something that just women need to also pay attention to. Involve men involve fathers. They are a part of this. They need to know what their roles are as well. They have a, a huge part of how you get into that, that space, right? But they also need to know like you are just as valuable. I don't want to ever have to do it alone. If I have to, I'll find the resources, but let's do this together. You know, let's, let's reinvent and I, I, I'll say reintroduce actually the Black family any family of color, you know, like the media does all these things to make us feel that we have to be divided or we have to, we're only, we only exist as separate entities. And that's not true, right? We have families, but let's include the conversations from both angles, from all angles, you know, all the people that are part of us growing up, it wasn't just our parents, right? It was our aunties, our uncles, our grandparents, our neighbors, you know, all these people were a part of the community that, that brought you to this space. So just continuously look for that. And the more, you know, you know, (laughs) the more, you know, (laughs) the better. No, I totally agree with you. And I like that you said that too. I feel like a lot of times men feel left out. Like they think their role doesn't begin until the child is here or, you know, when a baby is big enough for me to touch or hold or care for it. But it's like, yeah, incorporate that. And I remember a good friend of mine was telling me her sister had recently had a baby and she was doing the whole breastfeeding. And she's like, well, if you pump, then everybody can be a part of the process. But if you are totally just breastfeeding alone, then it's only you who could feed the baby. So then that's also limiting, you know, your support during certain times. And so with that being said, I know that you're a stroke opponent of having support. How do you feel about a doula? Like, do you feel like for women of color, is that a necessity or a luxury? (laughs) Oh my, no, it's absolutely a necessity. That if if I could do my pregnancy journey over, I wish I would have had a doula, you know, even if the same outcomes would have happened having that extra support person, someone that is actually invested in providing you those educational tools and listening to you, that is so important. And you never realize that until you've been in a doctor's appointment or you've been in these different spaces and they shush you or they dismiss you or they completely ignore you or even worse. But you don't know that until you're in those spaces. You know, you never want to have the thought of, I wish I had a doula, you know, because they can help you understand so much. I think doulas are often undervalued because a lot of people don't really know what they do. But I don't think that people are necessarily doing the research to find out how valuable they are. So, you know, for what we're seeing now, like, I love that doulas are like, I'm tired of people misrepresenting me or saying that I'm not worth it. I'm going to go out there and advocate for what it is that I do and, and why I exist. So, you know, you see all these wonderful organizations that are gaining even more visibility and bringing more awareness to light to why doulas are necessities and not luxuries. Because truth be told, before we started having this legislation that started covering doulas under health insurance, you only saw it have you really were not seeing it as much 
in communities of color because they were paying for out of pocket, right? This is a this is their job. This you have to pay for that a thousand dollars or however much their cost. So these were things that did get that misconception of only being available to the ones who can afford it, right? So it's creating privilege in a place that it, it shouldn't be, right? So like I, I do think like people need to have way more understanding of how education is a part of the tools that that doulas provide and why that is critical into going through a pregnancy. Um, I, I know like doulas aren't, they don't necessarily do a lot of preconception counseling, but I do know that they are open to having those consultations. So if you're thinking of having a baby and you want to find a doula, definitely do it beforehand, you know, if you can. Talk to them about what, you know, what are some areas that they support? What are some things that you, that you want out of your birth? Like what are some key things that you want to experience and how can they be able to answer those um, concerns for you? Do that same research. And, and Jay, I just really love that you're educating so many of the younger women, you know, who, who don't have this awareness um, mm-hmm. about doulas and resources and here's what you can expect. And we've talked a lot about nutrition. Um, yeah. Oh, and it's, it's just so important. I definitely want to shout out my doula, Shayna Lowell. And I definitely feel that yes. she's one of the angels that made all the difference, you know, in me having such a positive outcome. So thank you. Yes, of course. Yes. Jay, I wanted to ask you, what's your big dream for Melanated Moms? And, and do you ever feel we'll get to a place where your work is less daunting? Mm, yes. So to answer the second question, yes. I do think it will become less daunting because I'll have more people who are able to take on the tasks that I'm doing. I'm learning how to ask for help in a business capacity. So I'm not like, I'll do it. Okay, I'm about to go. Or I'll be the doula today. I'll I'll be right back. You know, like I've done that. And I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, not that I shouldn't, but like, there are so many other things that you can do. There are so many other people that you can have in this space who that's their actual job it makes more sense to refer them as opposed to, you know, just taking it on. But my, my ultimate goal or like one of my big dream goals is to have a birthing center. And that's actually one of our, it was one of, it is one of our 2022 goals. We've been trying to buy a building for like the past year, but everybody in these 8,000 PPP loans, they keep outbidding me. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just keep my money. I'm gonna just keep my money until God tells me ready to, I'm ready to move. So yeah, that's my big goal is to, to have a birthing center and then start to see it actually expand throughout the country. Um, I know that it will. I, I, I see the women show up daily asking for support, asking for resources. So it's really just learning how to catch up to the demand that we are seeing and then how to create more strategic partnerships with organizations that can help us to offset some of those costs to the women that are part of our programs. Well, I know the blessings are coming, especially from this conversation and, you know, just getting the word out. I know more people are going to support you. I'm definitely going to sign up and be a member too. (laughs) I love everything that you're doing. I I could just see it's going to happen. It's already going to happen. I see partnerships and nonprofit and just donations and grants. So you just keep doing what you're doing. Thank and you. um, and with that, would boss ladies inspire you to stand in your greatness? Oh man, <laughs> who inspires me? So many people. <laughs> the first one that always comes to mind is my grandmother. She didn't even know how powerful she was 
when she was here. It was just, it was so many things that like, I'll be doing stuff. And I'm like, what would Nana do? And I'd be like, that. And I'll just go. And like, it, it just keeps me so like excited to do this. So definitely my grandmother. She's like my original melanated mom. Who else? Actually, you know who I love? I love uh, Candy Burris. I think she is super dope. Uh, and I like, I watch her and I'm like, yes, like every part of her life is like, everybody is important. I make sure you all know how much I love you, but I work, I work hard and I celebrate myself and I celebrate the things that are important to my life and my family. Like she is the epitome of like that, that boss mom, that boss woman, you know, and she still maintains her femininity. Something that I, I feel like, I talk to my friends about all the time is I want to go and date again. I want to be able to have a fulfilling relationship, but my, my work, it takes a lot of my time. Right. And it does like, it has created a lot of barriers with, you know, finding a suitable partner, but I feel like watching her and seeing like her husband loves her to life, death and everywhere else. And he's not intimidated by her. He doesn't, he's like, I don't care about your money. I care about you, you know? So to me, that's my inspiration of saying, like, you can have all of those things, you know, it's not a fluke, it's not something that you have to give up this to get that, you know, you can find a partner that is going to be able to fulfill all of those needs for you. Um, and then I guess, like, last, I don't know, I'm gonna just stick with those two. I'm gonna stick with those two for right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we love that. And so how can our listeners stay connected and support you and everything that you're doing? Well, Go to melanatedmoms.com. Absolutely. Okay. Subscribe to the website. We are revamping our membership. So that's going to be coming soon. We're going to do a huge announcement on that. Follow us on social media. We are incredibly active there. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything is at Melanated Moms. And receive the newsletter, subscribe to the site, um, because we have so many things that we are doing literally on the daily. And it just, again, it feels good to just be a part of that. And I, I, I invite people to, to be a part of it and to see how much can really change just by having the right community. And then last, but absolutely not least, my fine drawer training. So, you know, we talked a lot of, at the beginning about advocacy and what it looks like to advocate for the things we need. I actually wrote a book called Find Your Roar and I turned it into this training and we've seen mountains move. You know, we've seen so many people who didn't know that they had a powerful story to share or had anything significant that they would want to share, let alone say to people who can make things happen. And they've turned it into all of these amazing new opportunities. You know, I have we've trained people to become public speakers. We've trained people to become advocates for very specific areas of focus, you know, primarily around maternal health. We've seen legislation come come to pass, right? Like the all of these things came from us creating that program. This year, we're on track to train a thousand people. So far, we have six hundred registered. So it's like wow. And now we're for the summer, we're developing our train to trainer program so that we can get more people to learn how to implement the training for us. So again, I can take that step back and not be the only person that's out here doing it. Right. right, um, right. Know how to let it go. Yes. Yes. Delegate. Um, Boss ladies delegate. delegate. Yes. That's it. Delebrate. Delebrate. Delegate so I can celebrate. Cause yes. Child, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Put it both yes. together. That is a all of that. Yes. All of that. yes. <laughs> so those are the big, the, the big things that we're doing. 
That's amazing. Congratulations again, Jay. You dropped so many gems on this episode. (laughs) We can't even begin to, to recap them all, but I'm just going to share a few gems that you dropped with the Boss Lady listeners. And we just appreciate you so much. So number one, you're welcome. Number one, be open to new friends. As a mom and supporter of Black Maternal Health, meeting new people and sharing resources will help you stay motivated. Number two, life is transformational. There are so many different stages of who you are. It's all about creating a legacy. Number Mm -hmm. three, have conversations about your maternal health and health in general with your family. Talk about the symptoms and key indicators to really share critical information. Start the conversation and keep it going. Number four, it's important to find a resource and be a resource. Having knowledge and courage is very important. Number five, it's so important to find harmony in everything you do, whether that means taking breaks, doing your grounding work, and expressing your truth to the people in your life. Number six, don't be afraid to ask questions. Number seven, it's time to reintroduce the Black family. Let's include all voices in our communities. And number eight, join Melanated Moms. This is your community. Boss up. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Coach Kaya. I mean, like you said, that was an excellent summary of the mini gems that was dropped. And we hope you enjoy connecting with the wonderful boss lady, Jay Madden Wilson, and learning more about how you can make a difference in Black maternal health. Thank you again, Jay. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, ladies. Anytime y'all want to talk, listen, we're going to do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we love it. Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. <laughs> and your girl, Coach Kaya. We'll see you soon. If you haven't already done so, please follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And you'll be notified whenever we post a new Boss Lady Conversation episode. You are who you say you are. You're destined for great things. Your life matters each and every day. Now go get your blessings, Boss Ladies.